0: in the discourse of required competencies, um, for a productive and exceptional 2024. My prayer for us is that the year 2024, um, which is, um, about, um, 40 days to go, um, will be your best year yet in the name of Jesus. You saw the beginning of this year, you will see the end of it and you will end this year. Well, you will end it with a big bang. Uh, whatever that uh, desire he is, you know, whatever that thing is that you are still trusting God for, releasing your faith for. I pray that even in the remaining days of this year, those things will come to you speedily. Amen. They will come to you quickly Amen. and they will come without delay. Uh, you know, Isaac asked his son Jacob, he said, how have you found this so quickly? He said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. I pray for you that whatever it is that you are seeking for in the remaining days of this year, the Lord your God will bring it to you it will come quickly whatever has been delayed is now released in the name of Jesus if you believe and receive it say it very big amen so we said the first cue that we need for a productive and exceptional 2024 is discernment discernment and we said to have a productive um, year simply means to have a result full year and um, one of the things we have established is that God wants us to have results a believer must never be in doubt, right, about that. God wants you to have results. He wants you to do well in every area of your life. You know, as um, God, is, God wants you to do well in every area of your life. Let me just put it that way, right? Your business, your career, your finances, your health, your marriage. He doesn't want you to do well in one area at the expense of the other um your story your testimony should be shalom you know shalom some have translated it as peace you see but that's not an accurate translation of that word shalom shalom simply means nothing missing nothing broken it simply means that when we look at any area of your life there will be nothing missing and my prayer for you is that in the remaining days of this year and in the year 2024 that will be your reality nothing will be missing nothing will be broken you will not do well at the expense of one area of your life You know, some people do well financially, but their health suffers for it. So, they eventually use their money to recover their health. By the time they are now standing, the wealth is gone. That will not be your story. That will not be your testimony. God will supply your need and you will enjoy the supply in soundness of health, in soundness of mind. You will not expend your resources on sickness. You will not expend your resources on diseases. In the name of Jesus. will not expend it on troubled children in the name of jesus that is a promise for now is a prayer for now and for the future some people it is their children that take away all their money they walk and walk and walk and the child just keeps getting into trouble drug addiction you know moving with the wrong crowd i pray for you you will not expend all your resources on your children in the name of jesus you will not make wrong investments In the remaining days of this year and the coming year, you will not make the wrong investment. Do you know how painful it is for you to save and save and save and you see something that is perceived to be an opportunity? You put your money in it and everything goes down the drain. It would have been better not to save. I pray for you, you will not misinvest your resources. You will not misinvest your energy in the name of Jesus. And I pray most importantly, God will separate you from the wrong people. And it will bring the right people into your life. In the remaining days of this year, your steps will be ordered. Your steps will be ordered. God will open your eyes to so see the kind of people around you. In the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus talks about some prophets. He says they are wolves in sheep's clothing. It simply means by your ordinary looking, you cannot recognize them. You say, so I pray for you. Whoever it is that is dangerous to your destiny. May God separate you from them. In the name of Jesus. If you believe and receive it, say a very big amen. Eyes that see. Hears that hear. God will give to you. Eyes that see. Hears that hear. I want you to repeat after me. Say eyes that see. Hears that hear. Repeat after me. Say God has given me. Eyes that see. And hears that here. Everybody's looking, but not everybody is seeing. Everybody's looking, but everybody is not seeing. Everybody can be looking at the same thing, but someone is seeing something entirely different. That's why the Bible says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. I pray for you that your eyes will be seeing eyes. And your ears will be hearing ears. In the name of Jesus. So we said the first competence we need to acquire as we wrap up the year 2023 and prepare for a new year and a new season is discernment. Number 2 we said is selling. And um, we went deep in that last week um wet day, and we're going further even this evening. Second Kings chapter 4 in verse 1 to verse 7. The Bible says now there cried a certain woman the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1 to 7. Saying thy servant, my husband is dead. And you know that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow thee vessels. Abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when you have come in, you will shut the door upon you and upon your sons. And you will pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons. Who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out and it came to pass. When the vessels were full that she said unto her son. Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Right? Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debts. And leave thou and thy children off the rest. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Also, we made this very clear last week, Wednesday, that the understanding of the average Christian today is... Um, or well, the expectation of the average Christian who would have gone through this kind of scenario would have been that since Elisha is a prophet, right? Then he should give me a prophetic declaration, you know. You know, he should just lay hands on me, you know, and say by reason of my prophetic office, you know, when the creditors see you, they will just forget that you are owing them. But you see, Elisha being a genuine prophet of God, there was no doubt about that. Did not do anything spectacular. Elisha gave her a lasting solution, not a band aid remedy. Because if Elisha, you say, had laid hands on her, gotten her out of that problem supernaturally, well, spectacularly, because um, it's also a supernatural experience anyway. But if he had gotten her out spectacularly, there is a likelihood that she would have also gotten back into that debt. Because you cannot, I think I said this last week, Wednesday, that you cannot expect God to always get you out of a situation miraculously that you behaved yourself into. Did you hear what I just said? You see, God can do that sometimes. but that is not God's best strategy. The best way, the best move of God, right, is to show you the things to do. Because the moment you learn what it takes to get out of that situation, then you will never be able to, or you will not find yourself in a circumstance whereby you find yourself in that kind of situation anymore. But if you were gotten out of it spectacularly, and that was what happened to the children of Israel, every time they needed something, they cried out to Moses because Moses understood the way of God. So, they were always in need. If they were not in need for water, they were in need for meat. If they were not in need for meat, they were just in need for one thing or the other. Why? Because they did not understand the principles that undergird the creation of miracles. And maybe sometimes next year, I'm going to, there's a message I taught a while back. I think I'm going to teach it again next. Sometimes early next year. How to create your own miracles how to create your own miracles because you see if you don't understand some of these things you will perpetually be at the mercy of others especially in this age where everybody is a prophet you see Nigeria is even better <laughs> if you check some African countries and what people have been subjected to in the name of prophets ah, you will be afraid when they tell a married woman and they are live streaming it These are not things that I had. These are things I stumbled upon on the internet. You see a man in the name of prophet bathing women, And people are subjecting themselves to that. Even a man should not be doing that to another man. How can someone lose their dignity to the point of subjecting themselves to that kind of treatment? You see? And the problem is that when people don't want to learn the ways of God, they will be too desperate to do anything and desperate people will do desperate things so you and i need to understand that as we go into the new year we need to learn how to sell you see one of the things i want to make very clear tonight is you need to understand the difference between the skill of selling and the profession of selling everybody will not be in the profession of selling but everybody needs the skill of selling please write that down and never forget it even if you are not taking notes, please note it somewhere in your mind that there is a difference in the profession of selling and the skill of selling. And what I'm talking about is not a profession. Even though it is going to help you if you are in the profession of selling, but you see, I'm talking about the competence, the skill. Everybody needs it. Because whether you are aware of it or not, every day of your life, you are already selling. You are already selling. If you have friends, which I believe you do, If you've been in a relationship or you are currently in one. Somebody sold something to you. If you have friends, because every friend was once a stranger. Why did you decide to be friends with certain persons in your life? Somebody sold you friendship. Whether you were conscious of it or not. If you've worked in a job or you currently have a job. If you have a business or you've done business before. You have sold, you just didn't know. And like I already said, the difference between successful and non successful people is that successful people are conscious that they are selling. Unsuccessful people, they are not aware. They don't even know they are supposed to be selling in the first place. Everybody is selling. Never forget that. Everybody is selling. The name Muhammad Ali, how many of us have heard that name before? Muhammad Ali. Almost everyone, almost everybody. There was a time that Muhammad Ali was an unknown boxer. Nobody knew him. But you say that guy understood sales. (laughs) He understood how to sell himself. There was a time that nobody knew him and he knew that if he continued on that trajectory he may die as an unknown boxer. So you know what he did? That's when he came up. That's where that statement I'm the greatest came from. He popularized that statement. So there was a world champion back then George Foreman. So, Muhammad Ali put him to a, you know, a challenge. And he said he wanted to fight with George Foreman. Everybody thought this guy was crazy. How would you fight George Foreman? You're just a coming up, you know, boxer. This guy will kill you. But he said, I'm going to fight him. You know why he did that? Because he knew that to fight George Foreman, the old what we hear about him. And it was one of the most popularized boxing match, you know, in recent times. And I, um, I think the title that you know that match I'm, I'm rumble in the jungle or something like that. And after that match, nobody forgot him. You see, it's not that he was a skillful boxer, but he was a great salesman. I remember many years ago watching the documentary, you know, of of, of that season of his life, and he kept saying it, "I'm the greatest. I'm going to, you know, maybe um, uh, um, jump like a butterfly, sting like, a, you know." He was just talking, so. He kept talking and talking that the media shifted the attention away from George Foreman that everybody already knew. And they were just following him about. So everybody was wondering, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And he kept saying, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. If he worked that much, he wasn't doing well. It was, I think, the final round that he picked up. He kept taking all the punches because he had studied George Foreman. It is one thing to be skillful. It's another thing to know how to sell your skill. A lot of people are so good at what they do, but nobody knows that you are good at what you are doing. That's the problem. And if people don't know, they can't buy. If people don't know you have products that can solve their problems, they will never patronize you. If they don't believe that you are offering a service or you have the capacity, you know, that is needed in their industry, or in their company, then they can never buy into you. I love what the man said, you know, somebody, I think it was, um, um robot kiyosaki you know when he wrote his book Rich that poor that and the book went global you know sold massively millions of copies you know and the journalist was interviewing him and said you know this book is not even well written according to english standards so he told the journalist he said check what is written on the cover and read everything out. <laughs> so the journalist checked the cover and read the title of the book and he said, he said read it well so he read it, said, you know, um, New York um, bestseller. He said, so I'm not a best writing author. I'm a best selling author. He said, I'm not interested in writing the best. I'm only interested in selling the best. So you can be a good writer, but not a good seller. And let me tell you this. Every area of life, you need selling in every area of life. You need selling in every area of life. Whether you're a medical doctor, a lawyer, you know, whatever your profession is, a fashion designer, a barber, you know, A comedian, a master of ceremony, a preacher, you know, a wife, a father, a parent. You need that skill. Oh, you need that skill. The best ideas must be sold. No matter how fantastic your ideas are, the best ideas, the best products, the best services must still be sold. And we said that selling is communicating the value you have and can deliver. While attracting exceptional material and monetary reward, even in the process of delivery. One of the things I still want to add, you know, to that is this. And I want you to write it down if you are taking notes. That selling is a prerequisite to creating success in any area of life. Selling is a prerequisite to creating success in any area of life. Your ability to sell will determine how successful you become. Remember, selling is about persuading people. It is about making yourself believable. It's about convincing others to see things from your standpoint. And so, your level of success will be largely dependent. It's not solely dependent, right, on how well you can sell. If you don't want to, you know, leave your hands into the hand of faith. Faith as in F-A-T-E. If you don't want to beg your way through life. If you don't want to be subject, right... Um, to the whims and the caprices of men then you must learn how to sell if you don't want to be at the mercy of people you must learn how to sell that is the only way you can dictate the kind of life you want to live are you hearing me tonight that's the only way or else you will find out that at different points in your life you will be subject to begging people you know find yourself being at the mercy of people so, if you don't want to trust your destiny and future into the end of faith, begging, wishing, and hoping, you must learn how to persuade, convince, and negotiate successfully. And that simply describes selling. The next thing you need to understand is that selling is not just a job description. It is a way of life you must embrace in order to get, in order to get others to like you and work with you. I'm going to say that again. Selling is not just a job description. It is a way of life you must embrace in order to get others to like you and walk with you. Why should somebody walk with you and not other people? Why should they hire you and not others? You know, sometimes people say things like, you know, this person doesn't like me, they don't like me. Why should people like you? Nobody just likes people, nobody just likes anyone. If you see anyone that is likable, it's because the person in that consciously, unconsciously is selling their likability to people. People don't just like you. No. People don't just work with people. People don't just patronize people. People don't just prefer people. There are things that people put in place, right, that makes people to choose them, that makes others, rather, to choose them above every other person. Your ability or inability to sell will affect every area of your life and how well you live your ability or inability to sell will affect every area of your life and how well you live if you see someone living well living their dreams it is because they've learned how to sell if you are not fulfilling your dreams yet aha, it is a reflection of your you know, how much you have learned how to sell or how much you have not learned how to sell Fulfilling your dreams, living in your, you know, your de- living your desired life. <laughs> I remember sometimes back I was listening to someone I respect so much. And he said there was a day he came across someone, you know, that he respects. This was many years ago. And he said, literally, when he met this man, it was as if the man was living his life. How of us have met people like that before? You know people like that. They are living in your kind of house, driving your kind of car married to your kind of spouse. <laughs> they are literally living your life. Is that so? He told himself, "What did this person know that I'm yet to know?" Let me tell you this, if you see anybody living the life you desire, it is because they've learned how to persuade people right to get what they want in order to afford that lifestyle. Are you hear what I'm saying? That's why nobody stays successful, right? Without interacting with others, nobody, nobody. That's why I'm still going to come to that because that's another required competence. But you don't need to write it yet. You know, it's networking, networking, <laughs> networking. You see, if things are not working, it may be that your net is not <laughs> is, is is not all right. <laughs> that's why they call it networking. You see, Peter was trying to catch fish by himself his net was not working until the right people came and joined him. The Bible says he called for his partners, right? And when they caught the fishes, the Bible says that it was even so much that their boat began to sink. So if things are going to work, uh-huh, your networking must be solid. It must be solid. I'm not going to get into that today. Maybe that will be next week. Praise the Lord. So please understand this, that selling is essential to your survival in life and the marketplace. If you are a business person, you are a career person. No, these are no peace. Your survival in the marketplace is largely dependent on selling. If you are not good in sales, you will soon go hungry. If you are not good in sales, you will never fulfill your dreams. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remember, when you are hearing sales, please stop thinking about the profession. Start thinking of the skill. Start thinking of the skill. As a career person, you will not rise beyond your sales skill, your selling skill. No, you will not. Because you must be able to sell yourself consciously unconsciously. And see, let me tell you this, there is a level at which you get to when you master the skill that you'll be doing it, you are doing it consciously, but people will be perceiving it unconsciously and they begin to do things that favor you. That's why you notice that it is not always the skill that gets promoted. It is not always the best and brightest student that gets the best jobs. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you seen people that are so smart and you look at their results in life and you are wondering, but this person is in first class. But their real life is a low class life. Because they knew, they learned how to cram and write things down in exams. But the real skill needed in life, they did not acquire it. That's why I check it. Most people that didn't do well in school because they were always hanging out with friends, going for they are the ones that do well in life. Haven't you noticed? Because while they were in school, they were learning the real life skill. The FICO was learning school skill. The only thing you can do well with that is to be a lecturer or a professor. Just, just you see, somebody wrote a book a while back. He said, Why Um, A students work for C students and B students work for the government. (laughs) This time I see the book in my my office, I just smile. And it's the reality. C students hire A students. Because while the A students, everything is book, 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 book. They don't make friends on campus. Male and female. They now come out of school. They'll not be looking for life partner. Somebody you should have found on campus. They now start looking for business partner. People they should have met on campus. But when they were in school, everything was just book, 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 book. You will marry your book, Abby. You will sell to your book. This is a skill that I even believe that should be taught in school. Before people come out of school, they should learn some basic life skills. But I believe that's why we're learning it tonight. Praise the Lord. So every day, everyone is selling every single day from the moment you wake up and you know children are one of the best salespeople. if a child wants to do something they will always <laughs> except you are a sensitive adult they will always find a way from before they start talking is that they will cry <laughs> if they want to be carried if a child wants pampas changed the child will not assume that you know that I want my pampas to be changed What would the child do? Start crying. What will everybody do? You respond. You face their direction. The child wants a question answered. They will ask you and ask you. When they ask the first question, say, "Mm, why? You continue. Why? You continue. Why? (laughs) You know, but adults will not know something. They will just be pretending as if they know it. Look at the person sitting next to you. Say, learn how to sell. Oh, you've got to learn it. Why people don't sell themselves, number one? or Why people don't sell or sell themselves? I think I already said this right last week. There are things you must learn how to sell, right? You say you must learn how to sell the product, sell the service, sell your experience, sell your competence, sell your uniqueness, sell your value, sell your what? The passion. What next? All right, then sell yourself. The part I didn't have to sell your dreams. Also, you must learn how to sell yourself so why is it that people don't sell number one is religious programming religious programming and perversion of scriptures and the scripture often uses Matthew chapter 6 and verse 2 that says therefore when you do arms do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may have glory of men verily I say unto you they have their reward so from here you see people saying things like don't blow your own trumpets how many of us have heard that before he said don't blow your trumpet but here jesus is not talking about business in that you see if you keep taking scripture out of context you will make it say anything you want it to say even if that's not what he's saying jesus was talking about charity okay i love how king james new can just it. he says when you do a charitable deed he says do not sound the trumpet before you as hypocrites do when you do a charitable deed, charitable. so, for instance, what Jesus is saying is, maybe for instance, I notice that someone needs something. And I have an abundance of it. You know, so I want to give the person something. And I'll make sure that it is when everybody is there. And I say, Sister the doopsie. The spirit of the Lord has been laying it upon my heart. If I'm not even speaking quietly, I'm saying it so that everybody will know I want to give Sister tadoop something he says I've already received my reward that's what Jesus is talking about because scriptures I think someone asked that question on Sunday are crucial conversations and I answered that scriptures never contradict themselves never because if this is what Jesus was saying right David the Bible wouldn't have recorded that David went to Saul and sold himself to Saul because that was what David did he literally blew his own trumpet because if you don't blow your trumpet people don't know you even have a trumpet David would have died in obscurity. You see, if he had not gone to Saul and told Saul, I can kill Goliath. He would have had the ability, but he would have died with that ability. And maybe the nation would have even been taken captive and they would have gone into slavery. There are so many things, you know, so many products, so many solutions that our world is missing out on today because there are people who have the solution, but they don't know how to sell it. And I hope that's not you. Look at the person sitting next to you. Say, I hope that's not you. So religious programming will tell you that. Don't sound your trumpet. (laughs) Oh, if David had not blown his trumpet, how would he have become the king's in law? Number two, because I already explained this, you know, to a great extent last week's um, Wednesday. Number two is cultural beliefs. Did I mention this last week? All right, cultural beliefs. It's the second reason people don't sell. Cultural beliefs. adage, mediums, um, idioms, <laughs> African proverbs. And we have a lot of it plenty. You know, there are certain things we have believed because we have had it over time. And those things, they have conditioned you. You don't even know you are running a program. So you want to do something, you know, you remember what your parents told you growing up. Say, don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> Everyone you trust today was once a stranger. Yes or yes. Everyone. You see, if you don't trust anyone, how will your business ever grow? How will you ever have business partners? How will you even ever marry? Because the person you will marry, you will not grow up in the same household. So, if the only person or only people you can trust are the people you grew up in the same family, you are finished. Say, so trust no one. Say, so don't trust men, no. Oh, Kuri. Shora, for Oh, dear. Another of such cultural beliefs is don't talk to strangers. Of us, you have had that. You had that growing up. Say, so don't talk to strangers. In fact, some of us, when you were growing up, when your parents were going out, they will lock you inside. Because they didn't want you to mix with strangers. If some people did not break that belief today we will not have a b and b we will not have boats because every day you are entering the car of strangers now have you thought about it before by yourself you call a stranger and you enter the car of a stranger and the stranger is carrying you where you don't know <laughs> I said, don't talk to strangers <laughs> See, if you don't question certain beliefs, it may limit your destiny. It may limit your destiny. Businesses like Lyft, Boats, Uber, Airbnb. Airbnb, you are literally staying in somebody's house that you don't know. <laughs> is, you see, many of these cultural beliefs, the reason why Africa is still very backward. Very, very backward. Because our lives are being controlled by a lot of cultural beliefs that we don't even question. Beliefs also like a well-trained person should not be vocal in public. Especially when elders are talking, you keep quiet. I believe you know that's what they tried to do to David. When David went to the battlefield, his elder brother said, keep quiet! Well, elders are talking, you are talking. Did David keep quiet? No. But you, you have been bullied into silence. If you are quiet in public, how will you be heard? How will your voice be heard in public? Because people want their voice to be heard, but they are silent. How can we hear you? Another cultural belief is, if your yam, <laughs> ah, you know that one. Especially if you have the Yoruba descent. any batah. Eh? A man for boy. when your yam is well roasted you use your hand to cover it your yam must be very small and what they mean is that when you have broken through in life you don't make it public when you have discovered the secrets you cover it with your hand it simply means it's not a turnaround testimony because if it's a turnaround testimony it will be self-announcing then they said among the hidden the Lord has done great things for them not we said to the hidden so it is the hidden that saw it so the yam was too big your hand could not cover it cultural beliefs will stop you from selling it will stop you the other reason why people don't sell number three is fear of rejection fear of rejection what if people don't buy it what if they tell me no what if nobody approves of it? What if I submit the proposal and I hear crickets? What if they say they will get back to me and they don't get back? See, I have this philosophy and I have a principle. If you decide to do something and you hear no, you have not lost anything. You know why? Before you asked, did you have it? No. After you asked and they didn't give it to you, do you still have it? Have you lost anything? Most likely, you have learned something, but you have lost nothing. Most likely, you have learned how to do it better the next time. And when you hear no, stop taking it personal. Even Jesus told his disciples, in some places you will be rejected. That is Jesus. You know, even Jesus was rejected by the people he was sent to. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wish you were able to recognize the time of your visitation. And Jesus said to his disciples, now that I'm going... I'm sending you to preach the gospel. He said, there are places where they will not accept you. He said, and when they don't accept you, turn away and go somewhere else. While Jesus was still on the earth, he was going to go preach somewhere. And the Bible says the people did not accept you. You know what James and John said? He said, call down fire from heaven and let's burn them. Jesus said, I don't know. What kind of spirits do you guys have? (laughs) But you know, that's the prayer people are praying nowadays. Fire, burn them that and Jesus spoke against that. what you spoke against has gone mainstream today he all said it's not a problem that they reject us simply let's go somewhere else it's not a problem it becomes a problem when you think rejection is a problem so you started a business you failed you now say you are not called to do business says who says who You applied for 10 jobs. You have not gotten any response. You now say, you know, maybe God has not called me to the world of career. I'm supposed to be doing business. Says who? My friend, submit the next proposal. Submit the next CV. When you hear no, the way I've programmed myself, no is an acronym. It means next opportunity. That's the way I think. I don't waste my time with no's. You say, yeah, no, move on. Next opportunity. So when people say no, you say next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at the person sitting next to so you. Say, when people say no, you say next. Look at someone else and say, when people say no, you say next. You just say next. Where's the next opportunity? Where's the next opening? I'm saying, ah, uh, he said no. Okay, so you now stay with that no. The fourth reason is low self-image and Low self esteem, or call it poor self image, and low self esteem. If you have the low self esteem, you will never sell. (laughs) Because you will look at yourself, look at what you're offering, and say, "Ah, Who will buy this? Who will believe me? See, I said this sometimes back, I think that was like two, three years ago, (laughs) at the old facility. Who you marry is a reflection of your self-image. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, there are some men, they can never ask out somebody in the city. They have to go to the village. Because it's low resistance. It's low resistance. Especially for men. When I see who you decide to marry? It says a lot about you. You know, some men are afraid of strong women. They prefer weaklings people will, people will damage their same. Who that wants to buy a chocolate like this. she can thank you for one year. <laughs> but, actually chocolate will do <laughs> she better. <laughs> Three months later she thank you for chocolates. Maybe she never saw chocolates before. Or her own daddy never bought it for her. <laughs> Praise God. Oh self the For a lady to now have a car. Ah! <laughs> I say, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> eh? 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 Ah. I say no. oh my are proud. <laughs> and that's what some people say. They've already told themselves, the lady's driving a car means she's proud. No, you have a low self-esteem. That's your problem. And if you continue like that, see, let me tell you this, there are things you deserve in life that you will never go for. Because you have already judged yourself. You have marked your own scripts and you have given yourself zero. Over 100. You just believe that, no, 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 I don't deserve things like this. And what, you know, the thing is, many call low self image or poor self esteem, they call it humility. Humility. Some people call it, say, it's personality weakness. You know, I'm just shy. You're not shy, you are demonically oppressed. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. Of power of love and of a sound mind, he says, The righteous are as bold as a lion. As bold, a believer is not supposed to be shy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can be introverted, but when you need to speak up, a believer should be able to speak up because you are supposed to be as bold as a lion, or no, not sheepish. That'd be, me. Uh, anything, anything. So, we some people, What do you want to say? Uh, anything, what's anything anything is nothing. If you ask some people, if there are options in a place, and you ask them to pick something, they will pick the list. Because they are being programmed that if you go for the best, people will look at you that you are covetous. Programming. You see good things, you leave the good ones. Me? <laughs> Never. <laughs> you ask my wife, I don't buy much, but one thing that I buy. Ah. <laughs> wanting. I don't buy much. Because I always go for the best. Always. It's the way I program myself. I would rather not have something than have something that is subservient. It's 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 self-image. I've so seen myself as being worthy of the best that anything that is not the best, I don't use it. It's just me. As I've always said, I say it sometimes jokingly, but I mean it. Being a pastor does not mean I will reduce my lifestyle because I'm pastoring. Now people believe that because the a pastor, you know, you must just you must use anything. No. I'd rather not use certain things when I get to the level, when you get to the level. But if you give me something and I've passed it, I will not use it. Because you cannot bring down my esteem. Because I'm pastoring. I know, never. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Eh, there are just some things that I've paid my dues. I can't go back to it. No, 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 no. It's image. Is how you see yourself? Is how you see yourself. Some people offer solutions and their solution is fantastic. When you tell them to price it, you are even afraid. They have to do boom, boom, boom. Boom, What's wrong with you? Because they believe that if I name my price, people will go away. Let them go. The right people will come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No yes, sir. Low self-image will stop you from selling self-image. Number five is ignorance of your value and worth. Ignorance of your value and worth. The question is, what are you really worth? Do you even know what you are worth? Do you know what you're worth? I had the story sometimes back of a particular you know, mayor in the United States. I had a story many many years ago. So I went to the gas station to refuel his car. And at the gas station, you see, um, they met a colleague of theirs that they were in school together years back, you know, when they were in high school. So, the guy was the gas attendant. So, when they were leaving the gas station, the mayor said to the wife, you know, he said, if you had married that guy, you'd have been the wife of the gas attendant. Now, you are the wife of the mayor of the city. You know what the wife said? He said, no. If I had married him, he would have been the mayor. You would have been the gas attendant. What a woman! A woman that knew her worth. Someone else will be ah, you know there are some women like that because they don't know. They see a woman that knows her worth knows that if I marry a man whose head is correct, I will bring out the best in him, and same thing with correct men. I've always told myself I will not marry a woman that the only reason people will respect her is because she's pastor's wife. She will have her identity. I will have my identity. I will be a great man of a great wife. From when I was in university, I always said that. You know. Some people don't know their worth. And if you don't know your worth, you will always sell yourself short. You always sell yourself short. As a woman, your destiny is not limited to MRS. You know what I just said? Some people, the only description, the only thing they are looking forward to in their life, ah, God said we know Mrs. And once they become misses, that is it. No advancement. No goal anymore. Everything is finished. It's like Jesus on the cross, it is finished. Number six. Reason why people don't sell. is because of ignorance of the benefits of selling. Ignorance of the benefits and the necessity of selling. The ignorance of the benefits and the necessity of selling. spoken about that extensively, so I don't need to explain anymore. Number seven is lack of know-how. The lack of know-how. Some people know they need to sell, but they just don't know how to. No one has taught them how to sell, especially how to sell the product, the services, and themselves. So what are the effective steps or what are the steps to effective selling? Because it is not not enough to know why people don't sell and why you need to sell if you don't know the how-to. So what are the steps to effective selling? Number one, identify your value. Identify your value. The value you have not identified and discovered can be of no benefit to anyone. And it also cannot benefit you. So you must identify your value. What value are you bringing to the marketplace? What is your value? You see, if you don't believe that you are valuable as a human being and if you don't believe that you are offering something to the world that is valuable, you will always sell yourself short. In fact, you'll be afraid to sell. You'll be afraid to sell. So the first step to effective selling is identifying your value. What is my value? And you see, nobody can tell you your value. People can only point you in the direction of value to make you understand you are valuable but the real value that you carry you are the only one that can identify it you are the only one because people will not say you are until you say this is who I am how people describe you is how you have sold yourself to them am I making sense? Mm-hmm. so if people are not treating you well how have you sold yourself? nobody will treat you like a prince if you keep selling yourself as a pauper no they won't they won't. So you must identify your own value. Identify your own value, because no one will value you beyond the value you place on yourself. Have you ever gone somewhere before? You want to buy something. They say, you know, this thing is That's a, uh, uh, five thousand. So and I say, ah, ah, five thousand. Let me buy fifteen thousand. Have you done that before? Nobody buys something above the value that people place on it. So, if you say you are worth $5,000, nobody will say, ah, ah why now? And you get 15, you get 15. What do you want to do? You say, ah, ah, go back phone. <laughs> Let me pay for it. You know, they say, I'll oh, bring the money. Ah, women are so bad at this thing. They say, bring the money. and I say, two, five. Ah, ah, <laughs> There you must not follow to the markets. You will see the wickedness of, human- of mankind. <laughs> You have been talking for the last 15 minutes. I said say 4K. You knew you were going to say 25. Why did you just go say there? <laughs> that simply tells you that people will never overprice you. So if you say this is my value, is it that they accept the value or they try to bring it down? So identify your value. Identify your value. Everybody may be selling the same thing. Everybody may be in the same field, but what makes you valuable? You see, I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but let me say it. You must be so convinced that you have value. Because see, everybody rises to their level of expectation, not just what people expect from them, but what they expect of themselves. That's the reality of life. So, you must identify your value. Number two, believe in your value. It's not just enough to identify what the value is. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? So, you believe that this product can solve this problem. Or if you engage this service, right, this will happen. Do you believe it? Or maybe I should ask, how much or how well do you believe it? That's talking about conviction. Conviction. You must be convinced in what you are selling before someone else can buy it or buy into you. you. Hear what I just said? You must be convinced in it. You must be convinced. You must be convinced. For instance, I am so convinced that you cannot sit under me for thirty minutes, one hour, and your life will not change. I am convinced in it, and it's the reality. Yes or yes? Mm-hmm. But where it begins is identifying the value and being convinced about it. You see, if you are not convinced about something, it will show in your speech, it will show in your body language. You are a tailor. Are you convinced in your tailoring? You are a photographer. Are you convinced in your photography? You are a teacher. Are you convinced that when you teach students, they will understand? Are you convinced? Because you can identify your value, but if you don't believe that your value is valuable, or if you don't even believe that that which you are offering can change people's life, it will have, it will show. It will, never forget that human beings are spirits, saved or say, and spirit can perceive what another spirit believes. So, believe in your value. Believe in your value. Be convinced in your value. And a conviction is a firmly held belief. Conviction is the ability to be so firmly sold on your belief that you demonstrate to your buyer with such complete and utter certainty that none other choices appears to be valuable. So what that simply means is that you must be convinced in your own value that people get to the point where they believe that you are the best option. While many people and products tend to offer similar benefits to yours, you have to be convinced that your product, service, and idea is somehow superior. You must believe it. You must believe it. So, everybody selling food. You must believe that your own solution is superior. It's It's not lying to yourself. It is being clear about your value. See, some amount of money will never come to you if you are not convinced those kind of you deserve those amount of money. You can be praying for it, but if you are not convinced, that's why Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says that you know God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask, think, and imagine. So after you have prayed, you must now establish your own heart in believing that this thing I'm praying for can be my reality. Can be my reality. Now, there are some people that believe, and you may argue with it all you like. There are some people that they are so convinced that what they are selling is the best, even when it is not the best. What they believe is the best, and everybody sees it as the best. In fact, the way they present themselves, Muhammad Ali, the illustration I gave earlier, was not the best boxer when he started saying, "I am the greatest." it was not the best but he was convinced that he was the best so the world who was forced to believe that he was the best boxer are you convinced in your own value number three place appropriate value on what you are offering place what appropriate value on what you are selling or you can write it as value your value <laughs> value what your value Place appropriate value on what you're offering. And this talks about pricing. And you don't only price products and services. You can also price yourself. Am I making sense? Uh, You price yourself by presenting consciously or unconsciously what you are worth. What you deserve. So place appropriate value. Value. See, I want to correct one notion tonight. Especially for those of us that are in business. Please listen to me. The fact that you are cheaper does not mean people will buy from you. Don't price yourself out of business. Some people believe that you know if we reduce... See, lowering your price is a wrong strategy in the marketplace. You may soon lose that business. In fact, when your price is too low, is a demonstration of inferiority. Have you ever thought about it? (laughs) People don't buy something because it's cheap. People buy it because the people offering it, they value their value. As expensive as iPhone is, why are people still buying it? How many of us have use an iPhone? Please wave your hand. Or a Samsung. Why are people still buying it? As even though people keep saying, ah, land money, people would rather use the phone than buy the land. Don't worry. Let me be carrying my land in my hand. No problem. Why? Because someone is convinced and next year it will still be more expensive because they know you will still buy it. (laughs) But you know, they could have started years ago and reduce the prices so that more people can buy it. Don't price yourself out of the market. If there's a business person beside you, look at the person and say, Neighbor, Neighbor, don't price yourself out of business. Don't think because I reduce my price now. In fact, you must get to a level in business that you stop doing discounts. No matter the Black Friday, iPhone will never do Black Friday sales. Or Rolls Royce. When I say Rolls Royce, 50% off. Have you had it before? have you had black friday sales on private jets before you don't need we don't even want you to afford it there's a level you get to that people will say you are proud Eh at that level you are beginning to value your value that no matter what happens our price is our price you know there are some cars you don't test drive you can't even ask the way they will look at you that's the way they will look at you and when you ask such questions they know you are not in this class you see a Lamborghini, you say you want to test drive it, they first look at you like, they don't test drive this kind of cars. Because even when you see them at car shows, they put stanchions around them. Because they're just supposed to look at them. You can't say you want to enter what. Because the people that buy it's more of a collector's item. It's not a car they drive every day. And so the moment you start asking, you know, how much is it? People who buy such car they don't ask how much is it. No, no, they don't ask. They already know the price before they come to the store. So, value your value. Place appropriate value on what you are offering. And stand by what the price you place on it with your full chest. And don't be bullied into reducing your value. Because, you see, the moment you reduce it, we keep reducing it. Until you become extinct. Until you become what? Extinct. That's why years ago, you had some business existing but today they no longer exist and I strongly believe that it is the spirit of fear that makes people reduce their value the spirit of fear you know because when you are afraid when you place your pricing on something eh, will people pay for it who told you they will not pay for it and tonight I pray that you will be delivered from the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus so, it is fear that makes you undervalue yourself, underprice yourself. Number four step to um, effective sales. or if, um, Yeah, the fourth step is clarify who needs your value. Clarify who needs your value because everybody does not need what you're offering. Some of us have zoned off now. You need this it's not just prayer that makes people have an exceptional year. So better listen to what I'm talking about. It will help you. Because tonight, I'm not saying in the name of just in the next three months, hey, You know, I operate in that dimension. But well, let me tell you this. I'm a very balanced person. Very balanced. I understand the power and the wisdom of God. And I know where to deploy it. The problem with many Christians is that they they, they believe so much in the power of God, they have no wisdom. No wisdom about life, no wisdom about the marketplace, no basic intelligence. And if you continue that way, you may soon backslide. You know why? Because you believe so much in the power of God, you will be praying, but your prayer, your results will not match with the prayer. And people will not need to come and be asking you where is your God. You yourself, you start asking yourself. Ha ha! That's what you see you Me, I'm never intimidated by what anybody does. If I'm not even interested, what happens in other churches? I'm not. God has given me a template that I know works. So when we get into January, whether someone is doing 40 days of fasting and prayer, 100 days, I'm not bothered. 12 days is 12 days. If you want to do 120 days, continue. But this that I'm teaching you, let me tell you this, it works. It works. It works. You may not believe it. You can ask my wife, we have never known a better last year since we got married. And anyone that has been in this house for a while, you will see, even the blind can see it. Never had a better last year. Never. You think it's only prayer? Oh, we pray a lot. But let me tell you this, we are also wise. Also wise. So please pay attention to these things. So I said, clarify your value. If you think only family and friends will sustain what you are selling, you will be very backward in life. In fact, I always encourage people, you want to start anything, don't start it planning with family and friends. Don't start it planning with family and friends. Or else, you will limit yourself. You will limit yourself. Clarify who needs what you are offering. Who needs your value. See, some of you, what you are offering, your friends can't afford it and it's fine. When they upgrade, they will afford it. It doesn't stop them from being your friend. Or some of you are angry and you are my friend. You've not patronized me. If all your friends can afford what you are offering, you are selling too small. Or you are still selling things at survival level. And it's okay, but don't stay there. Because you should get to a level. Let me tell you this as a believer. You know, one of our facilitators, in fact, two of them said it, are forecasting the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. It's by you offering something the Gentiles can pay for. Not that one day will shut down his business and come and transfer everything to you. You know, that's what people believe for so many years. The wealth of the Gentiles. Well, will transfer. We'll transfer. We'll transfer. So, they are, as they are praying in their mind, they are looking at one unbeliever on their streets. Who is doing well? That like his money will come to me. About the while. All the while you've been praying it, has he come to you like that. So, it means you must look for a product. You must look for a service. Something you can sell that even the Gentiles will be compelled to pay for. So clarify who needs your value. Are they millennials? There are some things that you are offering that it is old people that can buy it. There are some things that is only Gen Z's that can buy. There are some things that is only baby boomers. There are some things that is parents that can buy. For instance, the school business, who is the real customer? Who is the consumer? So sometimes, never you see many people confuse consumers with customers. The children are the consumers; they are not the customers. They are not the ones that pay. And if parents are not sold, if you don't clarify that as a school owner, parents are my customer. You keep advertising to children. You will soon shut down that business. To clarify, we need your value. Everybody cannot and everybody will not buy from you. So the question is, we're supposed to be buying from you. Are they business people? Are they singles? Are they couples? Are they career professionals? Are they business owners? Are they companies? There are some things that when you're selling them, it is only companies you should be selling to, not even business owners. It's called B2B. Business selling to businesses. And let me tell you this, that's the level at which most money is made. B2B. Not B2C, but B2B. Number five, present your value to as many people as possible and as often as possible. Present your value to as many people as possible and as often as possible. Selling is a game of numbers. Selling is what? A game of numbers. So it simply means every time you must ensure that more people are hearing about you. Because if 100 people hear about you, I can assure you 80 will not buy. So, you must consistently increase the pool of the people that you are, you know, you are creating awareness to. Remember in the parable of Jesus about the sower. It says that even the sower, when they sowed the seed, only 25% yielded. So it simply means if you have a 25% yield, you are doing well. So, the question is, how do I increase that 25%? Because you can have 25% of 100, you can have 25% of 100,000, you can have 25% of 1 million. And the 25% is largely dependent on the people that are even aware you are in the marketplace. Some people are selling stuff. It's only their friends that are aware. So, you have four friends. What's the 25% of four friends? One. It's only one that can buy. That's if the one ever buys. So, present your value to as many people as possible. And as often as possible. The more people know what you are offering, the greater the potentials of those who can buy from you. You can't, for instance, you can't be in a place like a local church, right? And A larger percentage of the people you interface with in every service don't even know what you do. They just know you as a good sister in church. In church, like I like to call it. There's no sister. What name should I use now? (laughs) They just know that that sister, she's a good sister. What does she do? I really don't know But she's a good sister. That brother, what does he do? Nobody knows. Because he never sold himself. He never presented himself. We just know as a good sister and brother in Christ. And only God knows how many people needs what he or she is offering. But when she's at home, when he's at home, he's praying, bombarding the gate of heaven in his own mind. He's bombarding the gate of heaven. God have mercy on me. And God has been showing mercy. One of the ways they are showing you mercy is by positioning you around people that can buy what you are selling, but they don't even know you are selling it. They don't know. So present your value to as many people as possible and as often as possible. Number six, position your value as the best. Position your value as what? As the best option. Hmm. As the best option. Because let me tell you this, everybody wants the best even when they can't afford it. Position yourself as the best, as the best option. Number seven, stay visible. Stay visible. Stay visible. Don't be lost in the crowd. There is a reason why most multinationals are still spending money on ads, even though you already know them. The reason is because constant visibility creates a perception of credibility. When people see you over and over and over and over, the day they want to make a decision, you are top of mind. The first thing that will come to their mind is you. That's why I'm always amazed at how people do business and they don't have budget for ads. They have no budget for marketing, no budget for advertising. It's always amazing. Mm. And you say, when people ask, when they think that their business is struggling or not doing well, you know the first thing the average person cuts? Advertising. Say, we don't really have much. So for now we are stopping advert. Really, that is the last thing to stop. Because the moment you stop advertising, you are already becoming extinct. You are going off the radar. No matter how small, there must be a weekly, a monthly budget. You can't be serious about what you're doing. And you see, the world in which we live in today has made it so easy. And it's so easy. The marketplace is now your phone, it's your mobile device. You can't be serious about what you are offering, and you don't have a budget for what you are offering. You are not serious. So stay visible. Matthew chapter five and verse fifteen, Jesus said, "No one lights a candle and puts it under a bushel." What a great advice! That is Jesus. No one lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. It means you don't hide it. None of us were hiding ourselves. <laughs> There's a song, is here Beniza sang it many years ago. It means don't cover your talents. God will ask from you what you did with it. Many of us are just covering our value, covering it everywhere. Covering it everywhere. You cover your value in the workplace. You can do something. They ask You see, you cannot be in the office. There is a meeting. And they always ask you, "Do you have anything?" To say you say nothing. You're already becoming invisible. What do you have to say? Do you have any suggestion? They have said it. Then say it again. They said they have said. They just said what I wanted to say. Ah, all the time they're always saying what you want to say. Then be the first to say it. So next time when they say, "Does anybody have anything to say?" So it does, in case they say what I want to say, so say, I have something to say. Always be the first. But be visible. You must do whatever it takes to ensure that you are visible. Last but not the least. Is consistently promote the values, benefits, and uniqueness of your value. Consistently promote the values, the benefits, and the uniqueness of your value. Not the features but the value, the benefits, consistently promote it. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, if you can have it on the screen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Can we read together once to go? Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I love, if you guys have the international standard version, we can have um, please project it. Or maybe I think a message or amplified. it. I love the way the international standard version puts it. Anyway, he said, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened for you. All right. So what translation is that? NLT, right? It says, keep knocking and the door will be open to you. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. It simply means you don't stop. You don't what? you don't stop. You consistently, consistently promote yourself. You spoken to someone yesterday about what you said. Oh, fantastic. Say it again tomorrow. I had a story recently from one of our mentors. True life story. So many years ago there was a bank, All States Bank. If you are old enough. Um, so there's a member of their church who has been looking for a job. So he came to him and said, you know, that should agree with him in faith, you know, that, you know, he, he wanted to get that job. So he prayed with him, but during the interview, he didn't get the job. He said, so when they saw him in church the next Sunday, you know, told him, my oh, pastor, I didn't get the job, you know. He said, as he was going away, something just told him that he can still get that job. So he said, he called him back and told him that. <laughs> he schooled him. He said, he should go back there. And tell them that, you know, um, I believe I'm the best for this job. And I don't know what the metrics are, you know, for the people that got the job, you know. He said, but... I believe I'm the best for this job. That in case somebody decides not to take the job, I'm available. He said, and he said, (laughs) Papa said he told him that I don't want you to miss me. You don't understand? They've not given me the job. He said, I don't want you to miss it. He said, that's what he told him. He said, you should go and do it. He said, he didn't know, unknown to him. He told him to just do it and commit it to God's hands. So the story is told that the man went there and when he was talking to the manager, the man was just looking at him that maybe because this man didn't get the job, he has already put his hope that he's already going crazy. You know? (laughs) So he said he even gave them his number that in case you know that this man did that for one year. He said every time he will pass the place on Allen Avenue, he will go there and say, you know, I just said I should come and check on you guys. (laughs) You know? In case anybody has left or maybe somebody has relocated or you know that I still don't want you guys to miss me I'm the best for the job so one day after one year somebody misbehaved and they fired him and they needed someone to resume the job the next day and the man just remembered there's this man that has been coming all this while he looked for his number called him and he resumed the job how many of us are that persistent you know the reason why many believers fail in life Once we try something once, twice, three times, we say there are two two witnesses in heaven three, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. If it will work after the third trial, God should have done it. Many of us are not persistent. Once we try something and it doesn't work out immediately, we say it must not be God leading me. Let me tell you this God will sometimes even lead you in a path of resistance. In fact, be afraid of a path where you are traveling and there is no resistance that's why I'm always amazed we live in a generation where people have weak will you start a business and the business has not exploded within one year and you are depressed what's, the, what's pressing you you go back at it you face nothing <laughs> you face even when it seems as if it is not working you stay here you see the moment you create alternatives in your mind you will not face nothing that's why I have a mantra I have a belief, I have a philosophy. The first thing is to clarify if I'm supposed to be doing something. Once I'm clear and I'm sure I'm supposed to be doing it, we dienew. It's either it works or it works. I don't believe in failure. It should you. I try guys, I want to do something. Else. Some of you in the last three years, you have done 19s. Three per year. How will it work? How? you consistently, consistently project yourself. Consistently project yourself. Consistently project yourself in the world of sales. They says that most sales are not made until the fifth call. Guys will understand it. Many of the ladies we ever dated, they didn't say yes the first time. Did they? Some were fortunate to get yes the first time. Not everybody is that fortunate. But you will go there. And you asking. they give you new, you go back. Because you know that this baby was Maria. You we'll keep going back. Many of us know about Disneyland. Walt Disney, when he was going to get the financing for Disneyland, he went to 303 banks for loan. 300 and what? Did God tell him to do it? Why did he face that much resistance? But Disneyland is there today. Bank one, two, three. Go to different branches in case this branch has not told the other branch that they've rejected him. 303 banks. 100, 101, 102, 200, 300, 301, 303. We have even been looking for an idea like this we want to finance. But many people have died believing that God did not send them to do what they are doing because they were not persistent. And the reason people are not persistent is because they have not... That's why the first thing I said is clarify your value. If you believe so much in what you are doing, you will do whatever it takes to make it work. And so as you prepare to go into the new year, you must acquire this skill of selling and understand persistence in sales. People must buy what I'm selling. They must buy into me. They must buy into what I'm offering. That must be your mindset. And that must be your belief system. Can we rise up on our feet tonight? Hallelujah. You know the reason why you must consistently promote and project what you're doing? Because out of sight always becomes what? Out of mind. And you are not the one everybody is thinking about. Everybody has their problems. Nobody wakes up in the morning thinking, uh, who do I want to buy from today? And uh, who do I want to hire today? No, everybody's just facing their life. So when you consistently project yourself, you stay on top of their mind. Such that when they need you, when they need your products, need your services to come to mind. Can we bring the Holy Ghost in the next one minute? Oh, come on, bring the Holy Ghost. Don't whisper it, pray out loud. Oh, mante Kora cora badabayata. The limane comparado se te velenduka pifos kipala. Runini mandokoli bahati Shagelebanda Rakosi Freketopira dosy Fanda. Remendele Koshapala. Recla Gidos and Tekele Gatabana to pregida la dosha. He had the Rapala Gadositele Gedina. Paro delegados. Delemandam procosh telemante koya gada bya. Inda la paba ya na bosi le monto begediri ya nda paba, ende kopa ri ya nda bala boshi tala baya, to vena paba ya na mosoto rapa teke te legediri ya, igoma di ya tala baya re bosi tari, nende gele papa radile boshi te komandi, rateka papa lido, ende yenda boshi tali, ma baradino kose in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Proverbs 28 and verse 1. I want us to pray once again tonight, like we prayed last week, for the spirit of boldness. Many of us, all we need for our next level, we already have it. The problem is that spirit of fear. We are just too afraid. We are too afraid. Too afraid to take that step. We are waiting. See, when Jesus fed the 5,000, the bread did not swell before they started distributing it. I hope you know it was as they were distributing it the bird was multiplying the bible says the wicked run away when no one pursues or chases him he says but the God be as bold as a lion tonight i want you to ask for a fresh baptism of the spirit of boldness say father in the name of jesus tonight baptize me afresh with the spirit of boldness once again say father in the name of jesus tonight baptize me afresh with the spirit of boldness. Lift up your voices and turn that into prayers. You can never go further in life than your level of confidence. Than your level of boldness. Father in the name of Jesus, baptize me afresh tonight with the spirit of boldness. Baptize me afresh tonight with the spirit of boldness. Oh God, oh, oh, Baptize me afresh tonight, oh God, with a spirit of boldness. Ay, ya man de capara de gede gedea Male paroke te capalaba de edibosa. Baptize me afresh tonight, oh God, with a spirit of boldness. Ay, ya lapate ye get de pantosi. Repaco tocopaya. Oh, mashe talabayanaba. I am as bold as a lion. Oh, Oh, no more fear. No more fear. No more fear. Oh, with fresh baptism of the spirit of boldness. Capacity to dare the undearable. Capacity to do go we have never been. In Jesus' name we pray. Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. The Bible says, Behold, I will do a new thing. It says, Now we shall spring forth. It says, Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to pray, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, do something new in my life and in the life of everyone genuinely connected to the Gateway Church before the end of this year. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, do something new in my life and in the life of everyone genuinely connected to the Gateway Church before the end of this year. Lift up your voices and turn that into prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, do something new in my life and in the life of everyone genuinely connected to the Gateway Church in the remaining days of this year. Cause new things to begin to spring forth in our work, in our lives, in our marriages, in our finances, do something new, something new that cannot be refuted, something new that cannot be denied, something new that every eyes will see. Something new that every year we're here. Do something in my life. Do something in my work. Do something in my family. Do something in the life of everyone. Genuinely connected to the Gateway Church in the remaining days of this year. Do something new, oh God. Oh, do something new, Lord. Do something new. Do something new. Do something new. In the name of Jesus. Make our parody in the life of every member. In the life of every worker. In the life of every head of units. In the life of every minister. Do something new. In the life of the leadership. In our church, do something new. Something new that cannot be denied. Something new that cannot be refuted in our businesses, in our careers, in our finances, in our health, in our families. Do something new, O God. Do something new, o God. In Jesus' name we pray. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16 is 42 days to breakthrough festival. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, he went, up straight, he went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. We're going to